with me Phil and me Paul and on this week's show we're going to attempt to uh, cover all the other 50th anniversary spectacular specials we want to call them uh, that were on sort of on the lead up to the 50th anniversary showing of the day of the doctor so we're going to pack quite a bit in this week aren't we yes yeah so we're going to try and get through uh, adventure in space and time night of the doctor the last day uh, the five-ish doctors reboot yes Yep, and the DW Celebration. Yeah. That happened at the Excel Centre. And, and we'll... there's the 20-odd radio programmes as well. <laughs> yes, I... <laughs> which I must admit, I didn't hear any of those, unfortunately. Um, but we're also going to touch on the um, the after-show party that aired after Day of the Docks on BBC Three. Yes, the highlight of the yes. whole weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to touch on that as well. So, um, so there, as I say, there's a Instead lot... Instead of a barge pole, we're going to touch on <laughs> Someone else's barge pile. I'm not going to use my own. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's have some news first. Uh, well, there's not a lot of news news this week, really, is there? It's very, it's, no. been, it's gone a bit quiet, hasn't it? Um, but what we have got, the Tom the Doctor has been confirmed that it will be on BBC One on Christmas Day at 7.30pm. Yes. Hooray. So I think we found out where it was on or when it was on in the rest of the world before we found out when it was going to be on the BBC. As usual. Yeah, I mean that's that's quite a handy, handy title for this episode, isn't it? Because it sort of saves you time. So you can say a, a the title of it and when it's on in one go. In indeed, one indeed. So it also goes on to say that the the Christmas Day lineup sees Doctor Who preceded by a festive episode of Call the Midwife, yeah, um, and even an even entertain. How can you say an evening entertainment including EastEnders and a Mrs Brown's Boys Christmas special? I can't wait. Well, that's. That's a matter of choice, and I'm not quite sure whether EastEnders is ever necessarily entertainment. No, and it's usually sort of a trip down misery lane, isn't it, on the yes. EastEnders at Christmas? So. Yes. <laughs> it's usually a death or something occurs, so yeah, happy Christmas, everybody. So, but along with this... <laughs> yeah, unlike, unlike Doctor Who this year. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no downers there at all, is there? No. <laughs> now, to... Um, Released in to sort of coincide with the announcement of when it's going to be on the telly, that the uh, BBC have released some nice Time of the Doctor posters. Yes. Uh, which have got people talking quite a bit, haven't they? Yes. Because they can see all sorts of things in there. and In the fire. Yes. In the fire, yes. Capaldi's face in the fire. And um, as usual, someone said, I can see McGann in there. <laughs> This scene, this scene, faces in fire, goes back to medieval times, doesn't it? It does actually. And people thought McGann was there as well. <laughs> people who did that were burned as witches, then, weren't they? <laughs> they could see McGann's face in the witch's face. <laughs> who is this poor McGann of which of which you speak? <laughs> Burn him! <laughs> oh dear, yeah. So that they, I mean, these posters look um, suitably cinematic, I suppose you could say. Yes. Yeah, they have, haven't they? Really made an effort with the posters over the last year or so. They have actually. Um, with the sort of previously, there's sort of like some poorly photoshopped efforts, but these do look quite uh, quite good actually. Yeah. So that's um, so they, so they continue that trend. To be honest, I quite I do quite enjoy sort of when they release these things because I, I 
I like the sort of the artwork and the effort that's put into it. It's um, it's good. They don't, you don't get it for any other TV program, really, do you? No. So it's quite good. Now the other um, sort of other little bit of news we got as well. Um, now some time ago, we mentioned that the uh, the mill, uh, which they do all the special effects or uh, for or CGI effects really for uh, Doctor Who, they sort of closed down their TV arm, and out of the uh, the ashes rose another company called Milk. Yes. Who did the special effects for the Fifth Family special, and it's been confirmed that they will be back to do Peter Capaldi's first series. Um, I'm quite pleased about this, because I thought their, yeah. effect, their effects work was quite impressive. Yeah, I, I think they're a reasonably safe pair of hands, aren't they? I think so. They know what they're doing by now. Yeah, um, exactly. Keeping everything in character and whatever, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their um, CEO, Will Cohen, um, said that you know they've had... Many of their team have worked on Doctor Who for like, 10 years... Yeah, near as damn it. So um, you know, there, there's a lot of experience there, and they, and they know what's expected of them. So it, it's, I, I think, as you say, very, very safe fans there. I wonder, as a as a public body, the BBC or semi-public body, the BBC has to put these things out to tender. They must and do, do. They, and do they get other people? Are other is, is, is there a companies out there going? Oh no, we've lost again. <laughs> what, Matt Irvin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still trotting yeah, perhaps, out. Perhaps he is, he's, 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 his business plan goes in every year. <laughs> yeah, he tries to undercut everybody, of course. <laughs> he's still got the, the duo from Rent a Ghost on standby in case he needs any more any more murkers. <laughs> in case, yeah, in case amongst everyone else coming back for the Christmas special, the murkers coming back. <laughs> well. Right. Okay. Well, that's pretty much it for the news, to be honest. Um, but. Coming up right now is a bumper edition of Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right now, it's, it's difficult to know where to start with this, <laughs> this yes. edition, actually. There is so much stuff there. Um, shall, we, shall we start off with, with an easy one, which is the... No, it's, it's billed as the Other Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver. Basically, it's the War Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver. Yeah. Um, which was actually released the day we went to the DW Celebration at the Excel Centre. Yes, we wandered round, didn't we? Merrily looking at the all the, all the, the, tat, the tat that was on offer, indeed. And um, yeah, and this was this was one of them. Now it, it was available for a tenner um, at the convention. Now I wish I'd actually bought one because um, on the Forbidden Planet International website they are selling it for nineteen ninety nine. Ah, Forbidden Planet never knowingly underpriced. No, indeed, <laughs> indeed. So um, yeah, I was quite um, shocked to see how much they bumped the price up after the uh, the, the weekend celebrations. Yeah. I thought that was pretty... Give, uh, give it a month. Give it a month. Give it a month. It'll be down again. Yeah, I'll just wait for it to come up on Amazon and I shall, I shall, I shall buy it there, I think, actually, because... And I'm, then I'm, start I'm, building your case. Well, your exactly, because... Oh, yeah, because I'm quite annoyed, actually, because I, I, I bought a, a special box frame to put my screwdrivers and then, bugger me, they bring out this one, so... But I think we, we, we had a discussion, didn't we? Um, yes. And you advised me to wait. Yes. Until Capaldi's one comes out. I suspect, yes, there's going to be another one coming soon. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Now, actually, there was, there was another thing we saw there. We haven't included this in the in the tat thing, but something we saw at the, at the celebration. There was a company, I think, I think they were called Abbey Shop Clothiers. I think right. that was the name of them. Uh, they were selling replicas of Matt Smith's purple frock coat and David Tennant's uh, brown duster. 
yeah. jacket. Now, I'd, I'd sort of looked at these jackets, and especially the, the Matt Smith one, and it did look very, very authentic. Yeah. It was a good job, wasn't it? Yes. To be honest. And, they, and they had loads of them there. Yes. <laughs> I thought they must have ones of all shapes and sizes to, to cater for any fan that comes along and wants to look like, you know, Matt Smith when they do a bit of cosplay or something. Yes. Um, so I, I picked one up off of the uh, um, off of the the hanger. I had a look at it. No price on it. You spotted the price on the wall, didn't you, Paul? Yes. Three hundred and ten pounds. Yes. Good God. Yes. I quickly put it back down again, didn't I? <laughs> you did. Yes. <laughs> Christ. That that was shocking. That I mean, that was an absolute rip off. Who's got three hundred and ten pounds to spend on a jacket? But you not obviously somebody has somebody has, but I didn't see many people buying. There's plenty of people, people, and there wasn't there wasn't many people wandering around going home afterwards wearing them, was there? No, there certainly wasn't. There certainly wasn't. So um, anyway, uh, yes, back onto this um, our, our official tat that we're covering. What was more interesting actually was the fact that if, if you wanted us, if there was one, if you wanted one signed by Matt Smith, it was three hundred and seventy pounds. That's right. Now I'm sure Matt Smith wasn't charging them sixty pounds an autograph. I don't think he was. I don't think no, it was an absolute rip off. It really was. So, but anyway, um, the the War Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver, nineteen ninety nine for from Forbidden Planet. Yes, they're now sounding a bargain. Yes, indeed. Actually, now talking of Sonic Screwdrivers, we um, we well, I came across this one on the Faros Project Facebook group. Uh, yes, one of their followers put that on there. So, so credit to the Faros Project for this one. Um, we, we, we're nicking stuff from them now. <laughs> well, well, not, not only have we nicked their tat section, we're also nicking the articles for our tat section as well. So. <laughs> oh, they, they, they've had stuff from ours. So. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps this is a, perhaps a case of tit for tat. I Maybe. Oh, well done, sir. Well done. Oh, you'll burn the radio with, with comedy with gold like that. What <laughs> <laughs> in the fifties, you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You do a double act with Richard Murdoch. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yes, and our next item of tech, it's another Sonic Screwdriver themed bit of rubbish for you. It's a, a um, Doctor Who Sonic Screwdriver draft blocker. Yes. Um, now, if anyone doesn't know what a draft blocker is, uh, I don't know if this is a thing that's popular abroad. It's not even popular in this country now, to be honest. It's very much a thing of uh, of my childhood, actually. Used to put like a, a, a like a draft. They always put a draft excluded along the bottom yes. of the door uh, to keep yes. the drafts out from the hall or something. Well, basically, this one is in the shape of Matt Smith's sonic screwdriver. I say it's in the shape of Matt Smith's sonic screwdriver. I, lo- I use that term very, very loosely. <laughs> it's it's vaguely, isn't it? It's it's of a similar shape. Is all I'm going to yes. say, actually. <laughs> Now I'm trying to see what the um, the link I've got hasn't got the price. So let me let me onward click here and uh, no that hasn't got the price either. Let me try Forbidden Planet. Uh, this is live live tweeting. No, they haven't got it either. It's too scary for anybody. Too scary. Basically, folks, all I'm going to say I haven't got a price for you. That's all I'm going to say. I haven't got a price on this on this. But if you want it, it's out. There. It's out there. It is out there. Um, no, it's all the links from this. Um, from this site, and none of them get the price. So um, even when it's um, or when it's out, either. So um, keep an eye out for that one, folks. Um, I'm not going to say we'll bring you news of this as the weeks go by because I can't be bothered to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't be bothered. But there, there you go. So that that's probably be out in time for Christmas. Is all I'm going to say. 
Now, you came up with some absolutely fantastic bits of tat here, Paul, didn't you? Um, well, actually, yeah, actually before, a, before, 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 before we get on to that, should we do the uh, the action figure one? Yes. Let's do the action figure one. That's the uh, most... Uh, probably the, the best one out of the bunch here, really, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. Um, now, shipping on the 28th of February, 2014, you can now buy... The, and they're still referring to him as, as the other Doctor. Yes. Basically, it's a John Hurt action figure uh, with the moment as well. Yes. Uh, not Billy Piper, just the, the little box that he stole from the Omega archives. Uh, it actually looks like John Hurt, doesn't it? It's a yes. very, very good representation. But not only do you get uh, John Hurt, it's got interchangeable heads turn him into Paul McGann. I like, and I like the thing on the on the advert. You don't, it doesn't actually mention that right until the end on the website. It just says the yeah, Eighth Doctor alternate head. Alternate head. Yes. Uh, it's also got the I, other Doctor's sonic screwdriver accessory and the moment accessory as well. I want to know is can you open up the moment and pop the alternate head that you're not using in there for safekeeping? Do you know what? I reckon that's what you have to do with it. It seems logical, <laughs> it, it, doesn't it? It would, it would seem a, a good idea, wouldn't it? It would do. Oh, well, that's, that's a, not a bad idea. Um, but that's available um, at fourteen ninety nine uh, from Forbidden Planet, which is half of the course really isn't it yeah yeah i must admit out of all the action figures that's probably the only one i've actually been tempted to buy yeah to be honest because that is that does look rather good that does look rather good now and you get a two for one deal as well you do get a two for one deal indeed you do now you come across some absolutely fantastic tattoo um would you would you like to kick off with the um the bedroom accessories yes certainly (laughs) (laughs) it was a company called RK Grace Prince are offering to sell you um, uh, pillowcases that you can actually customise yourself. But they have a few that they do themselves that if you really want to, if you haven't got any ideas for yourself, you can just pick one of those. And one of their ideas that they're advertising is a couple of pillowcases for a nice double bed. Uh, one saying the Time Lord sleeps on this side and the other one saying the Companion sleeps on this side. <laughs> Yes. Um, and you sort of wonder, is one of those going to be obsolete? <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens if one of you regenerates? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, okay. I know it's sort oh, of... What, what happens if, if, if you've got a Romana in the family? <laughs> well, exactly. You're, You're both over the same side of the bed. Now, like, I like where they sort of, they sort of, um... They sort of build this. They say Doctor Who TARDIS personalised custom pillowcase set. Then it says pillowcase again, bride, groom, pillowcases, wedding gift. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's when the bride realises what she's let herself in for, isn't it? Oh, no. (laughs) Or the groom, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, I'm just looking through some of the reviews here, um, and it's more about their speedy delivery. (laughs) <laughs> yes, actually, more more than the actual quality of the uh, of the uh, of the goods. And perhaps they have good Atardis. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> there's not a lot you can say from these <laughs> from these reviews. Actually, I was hoping <laughs> someone's going to be a little bit uh, a little bit pithy, perhaps. But um, no, it, it no. hasn't worked out. No. Has it worked out? Obviously, a quality product. Obviously, obviously. Now you can buy these for uh, the set. I'm assuming not one each. Uh, the set. For £17.60, which to me does sound like a very overpriced for a couple of pillowcases. Yes. It really does. Um, but are just really 
um, wording rather than even any pictures or yeah. anything. Now, um, I'm not quite sure whether pictures would have made it any better. To be well, you, you've got to add on, um, well, by the looks of things, you've got to add on um, delivery or postage onto that as well, uh, which right. is £6.29. Yes. For the UK. It says every, everywhere everywhere else. I don't know if that means the UK or not. I've got to see, it just says shipping policy. It says United States, um, £3.11. Australia, £11.32. Everywhere else, £6.29. Ah, right. So unless unless it is free delivery for the UK, but it doesn't it doesn't really go any specific details about that. So <laughs> it's quite a bit bored after Australia. I Let's think... go around the world telling my shipping prices. Let's start with Australia. Yeah, I'll go on everywhere else. <laughs> oh, not bloody Belgium again. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yes, that that's quality. Now, um, you found again from from Forbidden Planet was the Doctor Who tumbling Tardis Tower game. Yes, which is basically Jenga. Jenga, Jenga with with Tardises, basically. Yeah, there's not much you can say about it. It's Jenga with some Tardis. They're just blue Jenga blocks with a white Tardis silhouette embossed on them. Um, yes, and they are 19.99 for. Uh, for, for <laughs> and, uh, and they are jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they apparently they they're due in their warehouse on Wednesday the 18th of December. So you might just get them for for Christmas if you're lucky. Yes, if you're lucky. Now, it, I'll, I'll read the, the the blurb for this. It says, "Tumble through time and space with the Doctor Who tumbling Tardis Tower game. Master this classic game by demonstrating approach over force, a favoured tactic of the Doctor. They really are shoehorning this in, aren't they? Yes. Um, poke, push, pull, and wiggle bricks one at a time, and build the Tardis Tower high, high without letting it tumble. The taller the tumbling Tardis Tower gets, the more wibbly wobbly it becomes." Yeah, okay. And that the variant says not recommended for Santarans. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um You might also if you've got Jenga at home, just get a a blue permanent marker and, and colour <laughs> the bloody things in yourself, because that's basically all this is. So yes. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, twenty twenty pounds basically from Forbidden Planet. Um now you found <laughs> this... <laughs> I like the way I'm getting blamed. You are getting blamed for this. Uh, next uh, from Forbidden Planet. This is Forbidden Planet International. It, I'll just read this out. Doctor Who English Pewter Cyberman Studs. Now, it doesn't mean this is sort of <laughs> you're hiring out a gigolo for the night or something. But. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hang, hang it, hanging around all good gay bars. It's this Cyberman turning up. Yeah, now, um, I'm not quite sure what they... Are they, like, cufflinks? Is that what they're supposed to be? Um, no, no, I think they're earrings. Oh, right. Really? Well, they just say yes. bloody earrings, then, studs. Um, it, says all, it says all clasps are hypoallergenic and all designs are BBC-approved and supplied gift box. I just like the fact that when this went to the BBC, you see someone actually sitting there saying... Yes, like that. Don't like that. Yes. Indeed. Can we oh. see some of the ones that the BBC didn't approve? <laughs> <laughs> that could be quite interesting. I'd love to see what they turned down. I really <laughs> would love to see what they turned down. I wonder if that is a job where you just go in every day thinking, God, what am I going to see today? <laughs> now, they're um, due to be shipped on Thursday, the 12th of uh, December, and that you can buy these for nineteen ninety nine. We're getting in a theme to how much these things cost, aren't we, at the moment? Tax tax is getting a a reasonably set figure now, isn't it? It is, actually. There's no surprises anymore with the tax. It's about the 20 quid mark. Um, But 20 quid, though, for two 
ear studs. Yeah. Again, overpriced rubbish, really. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, the Cybermen heads themselves are, I think they're based on the new style Cybermen, aren't they? Yes. From what I can gather. So, uh, yeah. So, if you if you want to surprise the loved one in your life with a nice, classy set of earrings, um, there you go. That I think that's the that's the very ticket for you. Actually. Yes, that's the very ticket for you. Now that, like, that, that's going to make someone's Christmas. Isn't oh, it? that is. That really is. Now, um, continuing the the pewter theme. Yes. Um, there's also from Forbidden Planet International. There's a Doctor Who pewter bottle stopper, classic Cyberman. Yes. Um, now taking the piss out of everything else. Yes. We're slightly now coming to this and going, hmm. This is quite good. <laughs> might be tempted here. Yeah, now this is the... Um, I'm trying to think what version of Cyberman this is. This is sort of like... It looks like a cross between Invasion and Revenge of the Cybermen. Hmm. Style Cybermen, don't they? Basically, it's just like a pewter bottle stopper. And the Cyberman head. They also say there are Dalek designs available as well. Yeah, I haven't been able to see what the Dalek No, no. I can't find anything on that. Now, that is uh, priced at fourteen ninety nine. Yes, so uh, it's a bargain. Yeah, but all it says is stock on the way soon. So it doesn't actually say exactly when they're available. No. So, um, I'll we say, might have missed our opportunity. They might have been and gone. They could have done. We might have missed out on them. But um, might, We might have to start a campaign. <laughs> I, I, I'm... It's not a bad bit of tat, that one, actually. It, it is something that I could hide away in the fridge with. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Not, well, um, well, I could hide it away in the fridge, rather than I'd hide away in the fridge the, with it. The only, the only um, sort of caveat for, for me, really, if, if I purchase that, it will never get used, because if I open a bottle, I drink <laughs> <Why>? it. <so. laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, it never gets saved for the next day or something when I open a bottle. I'm sorry. It just... <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> but it's there as an option if you need it. Well, there is. I've got a fallback plan, haven't I? <laughs> so, but um, but anyway, I think you, you'll find. I think you'll agree, everybody. I should say that there is some quality tat there. Will give you some good ideas for Christmas gifts if you haven't sort of gone out and bought anything yet. I mean, this is a service we have provided now. I indeed, think. indeed, and you know, I think I think everyone would be grateful for that, Paul. Yes, I think they will be very, very grateful. <laughs> Right, should we get out of here before we get killed? Yes, I yeah. Think okay. So. <laughs> okay, that's it for the news and Omega's Tech Corner this week. So coming up next is our review of well, I don't know what we want to call it really. All things fiftieth anniversary. Yes. Yeah, that'll do. Okay, then so another week then. That was the news. Okay, everybody, we're going to start our, off our little review of all the things that we watched it to do with the 50th anniversary that uh, wasn't there, the Doctor, basically. Yes. Um, so, to kick off things, shall we have a quick chat about Night of the Doctor? If you refer to your companion, we are still attempting to extract her from the wreckage. She wasn't my companion. She's almost certainly dead. No one could survive that crash. I did. No. We restored you to life, but it's a temporary measure. You have a little under four minutes. Four minutes? As ages. What do I get bored? I need a television, a couple of books, anyone but chess. Bring me knitting. You have so little breath left. Spend it wisely. Hang on. Is it you? Am I back on Carl? You're the sisterhood of Carl. Keepers of the flame of utter boredom. Eternal life. That's the one. Mock as if you will. 
But our elixir can trigger your regeneration, bring you back. Time Lord Science is elevated here on Khan. The change doesn't have to be random. Fat or thin, young or old, man or woman. Yes, probably should have talked about it last week in the running to the day of the Doctor, I suppose. Yeah, we should have done More apt, but... Yeah, I think in hindsight we probably should have um, discussed it. Um, But I think it's my turn to go first with this one, isn't it? Because you went... Oh, no, I went first last week. It's your Fine. turn to talk first about this one. So, I talk first about this one. Yeah, guys, what, what did you, what did um, you think? I just think this really did kick off the whole. I was sort of, you know, you sort of get, oh, good, it's it's, it's coming up. The fiftieth is coming up, and then this came out, and I managed to. The minute they said they was releasing something, I sort of cut myself off until I could watch it. Yeah. So it did come as a surprise to me when McGann appeared. Mm. And from then on, you just thought they're really going to do this well. This celebration, yeah, it it sort of it generated so much excitement, didn't it? I mean, I, yeah. I watched this um, in a hotel room in Tokyo, yeah, when this came out, and I think I managed to see it before a lot of people did in the UK. So I, I sort of caught this. And I thought, my god, I just I wasn't expecting it at all. Really wasn't expecting it. And then when you see um, McGann come out and say, "Not the Doctor you were expecting," yeah. Uh, I, I I just my jaw hit the floor. Yeah, it hit we, the floor. Well, I mean, there's been rumours, hadn't there, that he may have recorded something, he may have done something. As and we as we discussed this very podcast <laughs> many many <laughs> months ago, yes. didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, but you sort of thought, ah, oh, they won't have done it. Yeah, it seemed a little bit too good to be true, didn't it? Yeah. And then, um, blimey, they they only they only went and done it, didn't they? So no, they did it, and it was absolutely was. I mean, actually, I said to you, and it was the one thing. Then after after seeing that, was I was then worried that Dad the Doctor was going to spoil Night of the Doctor. <laughs> well, yeah, in not, in not living up to not living up to the, the, this promise, basically. Yeah, um, and it, it gave. I think what everyone was clamouring for, and has done since the show come back, was some sort of closure for the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, because obviously he exists in Big Finish, which has now been. How can I describe it? I was going to say it's been canonized, really. Isn't it? <laughs> that was the that was the phrase that was coming into my yeah, head. Yeah, it's it's big finish is now canon. I was going to say yeah. it's only next next step is sainthood, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, that's it. It's it's official. I mean, big finish is part of that is part of that universe. Yeah, um, which again pleased so many people out there, and I think this has sort of gone a, probably a long way. To people, how can I put it? Not trusting Moffat, really. Yeah. Because as time's gone on, it, people have viewed Moffat as they, the first one they realised he was taking over as the showrunner, that he was going to be, he, he was there for the fans, he would listen to the fans, because he is a big fan himself. And then when he still started messing around with bits and pieces, and, um, and I must admit, I've been critical of his writing as well. And, but I think this just. Redeems himself. Yeah, you do. Totally. You do get the feeling he just really came into this and said, "Right, what would I really want to see?" Yeah, and he started ticking boxes on what he would like to see as a fan. Yeah, and I think that was pretty much what everybody else yeah. wanted to see, as it turned out. Um, yeah, I mean, apparently that they looking at the the wiki entry here. So please don't take this as any as any gospel <laughs> factor. Um, but this is the film where this took place in the final two days of the day of the Doctor shoot. Right. 
on the 4th and 5th of May uh, this year, um, which I think is around about the time all these rumours started. Yeah. I think, actually. So, yeah. So, um, but there were so many um, other references. You're back onto um, Khan as well, and the, the um, sort of like the sisterhood as well, controlling the, the Exley of life. Um, and also the sisterhood also been in that in the Eighth Doctor, big finish stories as well. Um, so, again, it was ticking so many so many boxes there. And you just, just to give you that sort of, just a quick grounding as to how other people saw the Time War. Mm-hmm. How other races saw the Time War that you, so they didn't then need to actually do that in the fiftieth. No, I think it was it was a great shorthand way of getting themselves to the the point that you knew exactly how bad the Time War had been. Yeah, and how even sort of like you're supposed to view the Time Lords as the good guys, and they weren't anymore. No, you know the Doctor was sort of not getting involved in that, and you know he, he couldn't really understand why. Um, Cass shut herself off, yeah, and deadlocked the door. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, other podcasts and other blogs have discussed this in great length, so we're probably going over old ground there, really. But um, I just thought McGann was utterly fantastic in it, and the music was brilliant. The bit of the that's the the music when he's about to drink the a potion, um, whatever you want to call yes. it. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to look for another word rather than say potion there, but, but there really was, isn't, there isn't. There isn't, no, no. no. Just, it was just superb, I think, actually. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was a mini-sode, but it was done on a budget yeah. that made it a, a proper a programme in itself. Oh, it did, it did. Um, and of course, after this, I mean, the, the internet went mad yeah. with this. When, when the, I mean, you know, there were so many happy, pleased people out there. And, of course... With something like this, it's never enough. So now people are demanding that he gets his own series. But to be honest, I'm happy with this. Yeah. To be but fair. You just wanted him to just have that chance just to say, yes, I am the Doctor. Yeah. On on TV for the first time since 1996. Yeah. 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 And, and and to be almost officially welcome. There, there is still a bit of it. It's, oh, yeah, that was the American thing. That doesn't count. Sort of attitude to the movie. Yeah, and his doctor. So it's sort of almost you say about bringing in big finish into the canon. It sort of did the the, the movie as much as well, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it just gave it like an official stamp, as if it needed one anyway. But no. yeah, um, but I thought McGann was just it was just utterly, utterly brilliant in in his very, very short time he had, and it, it was he just brought the big finish doctor to the screen. Yes, hadn't it? Didn't he? It, it was utterly brilliant. Um, I like the the costume he had as well. Um, they sort of they they sort of tried to keep the the TV movie look, but it says they want to make it look more an adventurer's outfit rather than a gentleman's outfit. Yeah, so it lost it lost the frills, didn't it? Yeah, and yeah, it it, it it looked a bit more sort of worn in, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you can see, I mean, it been. Sort of wearing this for quite some time, and uh, no, I I just thought it was utterly, utterly brilliant, and I just think it set up the celebrations fantastically. Yeah, really did. Now, and and it had Moffat's little little bits of comedy in there. The is this gonna hurt? Yeah, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and you just felt, oh yeah, right, fine, but but not to, didn't overdo it at any point. No, exactly. Um, and I must admit to see a young John Hurt's reflection coming back. Yeah, that surprised me also. 
Yeah, I would have thought it was just going to be a straight change. Yeah, and it wasn't. So I'm, I'm what what that set up. I thought in, in eight minutes was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, really did. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, now, of course, there was another little um, prequel, and these were proper prequels as well, weren't they? That, that's yes. That's um, make that clear as well. These were proper prequels this time. Uh, the next one we had was the last day. Head you got? The new guy. Don't scare him. Do you know why you're safe up here? Don't do the speech. You said don't scare him. Speech is what scares people. Almost nothing in the universe could get through a sky trench. Nothing in history's ever gotten through two. Up there. We got 400 of them. Welcome to Arcadia. Safest place on Gallifrey. That's no luck. Yeah. Um, not quite so. <laughs> it, no, not quite as good. Um, and not quite so must see. <laughs> no, it it did add something to it. I, I feel. Mean, what, what it did was it got you to the point where Arcadia was falling, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I quite like the this whole thing of the these people are sort of constantly scanning the sky trenches. Um, it, it doesn't appear to be a very nice job, does it? No, it really doesn't. Um, especially with the like the hallucinations, which really weren't hallucinations. No, yeah, it, it's what were they actually doing to themselves, wasn't mm. it? In terms of they were to make themselves. This this download thing, you know, so they could, yeah yeah for their their families and everything. But um, no, they were basically seeing the future. There was no. It is. I think that's what the the whole thing was saying. There was you know this thing going around. You know, or, you know, they're just hallucinations, and they have to, have to tell every new recruit that comes along. You know that, they, that it's just you know it's not real. It's just a hallucination. But no, it's actually a premonition. Yeah, you know they're getting a look into their own future basically. So yeah, I, I quite I quite like that to be honest. Um, and also, as soon as anyone says, "Oh, it's the safest place on Gallifrey," you know it's gonna, um, yeah. it's, it's gonna come to a sticky end. To be honest, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a little throwaway thing. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it but, was out there just so that they could just put that. It, it didn't slow down the the, uh, the Doctor, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, that's it. Which if they'd have had to have done that, put that scene into the the, the Doctor, it'd have just been. It I, th- would've, it I think if all the other through. if all the other so called prequels were as good as this. And okay, this, yeah. this didn't really add much, but it was still a lot better than, say, like Pond Life, for argument's sake. Yes. I mean, it, it did move along the story. It did. As opposed to... It did contribute something. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I thought for what it was, I, I, I enjoyed it, you know. I'm yeah. not going to... Yeah, but it just didn't have a feel of treading water. I, I, having seen Night of the Doctor, Doctor, Yeah, it was really just was the, all right, yeah, yeah, we've seen that one now, come on, give me the Day of the Doctor. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But no, it was good. I thought, you know, it was it was a nice little thing. They didn't have to release anything. No. You know. And I think that was the that was a, that was a nice little little bonus bonus bit of content there. Yeah. I really do. Now, um now I suppose the the big one that I think everybody was looking forward to, and I know I certainly was, uh, was an adventure in space and time. We wanna do a science fiction series. C.S. Lewis meets H.G. Wells meets Father Christmas. That's the Doctor. Doctor who? 
Action! You've really got something here. It was not very well. No one's irreplaceable, eh? Can't have Doctor Who without Doctor Who. Travel back to the birth of a phenomenon, an adventure in space and time on BBC Two and BBC Two HD. Yeah, probably because we thought this would not mess up and we were still worried that uh, the Doctor would. Yeah. Probably um, until we saw Night of the Doctor and then suddenly thought, no, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, do you know what? I I, well, what, I mean, I've just gone about like, um, the last day. What, what did you think of Venture in Space and Time? It was totally brilliant. It was, wasn't it? Just from the casting point of view. I mean, David Bradley was just superb. You, you actually forgot what you was watching a documentary after a while, didn't you? Yeah. Some scenes where those doing reacting reenacting the scenes from Doctor Who, it just really was. You just thought, yeah, that that was just it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that um I could have put he didn't he didn't actually do an impersonation of Hartnell. We did an impression of him. There's there's a difference. He he He, he just got the looks right more than anything else. Yeah, he he captured sort of like the like the nuances yeah, of Hartnell, rather than doing a straight-out impersonation of him. It wasn't even so much the voice. It was just sometimes you just do the look to camera. Mm. And you just, yeah, I, I can remember that scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, no, um, I think if you talk about, like, Jamie Glover's William Hartnell, Gemma Powell's Jacqueline Hill, Claudia Grant's Carolyn Folds, um, I know they didn't have a lot to do as such, did they? I think probably more Claudia Grant did and, and um, Jacqueline Hill. Uh, Gemma yeah. Powell's Jacqueline Hill, sorry. Yeah. Um, I thought sort of Jamie Glover was underused a little bit. Yes. And, yeah, he was he was there more just so that they could do the Hartnell fluffing the name as much as anything, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, we were just concentrating the TARDIS crew there. I thought... Brian Cox was great as Sidney Newman. Yeah. Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah. I mean, although I've got no idea of how close that was to, well, they sort to of, him. They did sort of um, portray him as that... What I'd, what I'd say is a typical sort of TV executive, full of ideas and, and, and that thing you kept doing, pop, 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 all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed to... I don't know, maybe he was like that. I've got absolutely no idea. I must have. Yeah. Um, maybe I should read a bit more about him, but I haven't. Um, but I thought um, he, uh, Brian Cox, was great. Jessica Rains, Verity Lambert, was brilliant. Yeah. I thought um, um, Sasha Dowan as Warris the same was also fantastic as well. Yeah. yeah, I think those two actually then gave it a bit of life early on. Yeah, and you could see their struggle. Yeah, that. that's it. That's it. Now, it, what it was, I thought, extremely, extremely well done, and. I also thought very, very well moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The main well. thing about main thing about this because you sort of come into this with a preconception of what's of how Hartnell was as a person. Yeah, that perhaps doesn't necessarily portray him in the greatest light. No, there's there's there's, there's been a lot off, of that recently, isn't program, there? And this program starts off pretty much giving you that impression and and building on that, you know. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, relaying that impression to you, enforcing that impression, mm. your impression that he isn't the nicest person. And actually, as it goes on, by the time it gets to the end, 
you're willing him still to be Doctor Who. You are, aren't you? You are, because, um, and this has been mentioned elsewhere before, uh, in, other, in other places, but it, it was like a, the serial, or the, 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 the drama, I should say, it was in two halves, that the first half was about Verity Lambert. Yeah. And then once she was out of the picture, it became William Hartnell's story. Yeah. Uh, and I think on the whole, that worked quite well. Because after, it did. Because yeah. Verity Lambert was the driving force behind it. When she left, I think Hartnell felt he, it was down to him to carry it on. Yes. And it was his It was his show, wasn't it, at the end of the day? So, yeah, it's a, I like that fact that it became... It was like very much Verity Lambert's story and the struggles she had as well. And also the... It was the... I don't even say indifference by BBC management. I think it's indifference or the, the sheer bloody-mindedness of this silly little science fiction show. They, they did their yes. best to bury it every opportunity, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. throughout its career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it just goes to show that the BBC has never, ever been kind to Doctor Who. <laughs> no. Never. Yeah, it's, nothing's new. No. Um, We're just waiting for the next one. Indeed, we are. I think the... Um, some people complained that it didn't cover every little aspect and they've, they've cut certain um, people out of history. Well, so, you had so, an hour and a half. Exactly. Um, and I think they had the Merv, uh, Jeff Rawls, Mervyn Pinfield take on a lot of that responsibility. Yeah. I think he was like an amalgamation of quite a few like BBC personnel there. But as you say, it's an hour and a half. You can't cover everything. And yeah, and there's, there's a question of where do you want to go with this story? Yeah, and... that's right. And to be honest, you don't look at it and think they got the ba- I don't think they got the balance wrong at all. I don't. I don't. I mean, they they reference all the important people there, based, didn't they? You had like um, as you've gone through like Sidney and Verity Lambert, Warris Hussain, um, very briefly Delia Derbyshire. Yeah. So you had Mervyn Pinfield, Rex Tucker, uh, Richard Martin, as well with the, with the Dalek stories. Um, Douglas Camfield was there yeah. as well. You know, so there were there's so many important people they they refer- and I'm glad they kept they got Douglas Canfield in there. To be honest, yeah. I, I was sort of when I heard the, heard the name Dougie mentioned, I thought I knew exactly who they were who they were referencing there. And the uh, fact was, it was a drama, not a documentary. Yes. at the end of the day, yeah, it was and, it was and, and as, did a, it as work... a docudrama. It was definitely a drama. Yeah, definitely. And it was something that I think you could have watched. I mean, I don't know. I haven't actually tried to watch this with a non-Doctor Who fan to see whether they actually would enjoy it yeah, or not. But perhaps I could have tried, actually, the other weekend. That might have been interesting. Um, but it's, yeah, but just it just was a programme that you just wanted to watch and follow the story. And in the end, you just find yourself rooting for the people involved. Yeah. You do, don't you? really do root for everybody in it. Yeah. To be honest. Um and do you know what I? Th- I think this is probably Gatus's best script. I think I, th- it, it, I think it's the it's, best thing he's done so far. I really do. It's done something that's obviously done with a lot of love, isn't it? Oh God, yeah. I mean, I mean, just to see that that Tardis set, yeah. As well, I know we saw some pre-publicity photographs and everything, but um, to see it on the screen and use the way it was to advance the years, yeah, as well was was genius. I thought. Absolute genius. So I, I, I'm absolutely... Um, I, I mean, I've watched it a couple of times, and I can't wait for that to come out on DVD. I don't know if there's any news on a Blu-ray release, but um, 
I, I cannot cannot wait for that to come out. Really can't. Yeah. No, it was it was brilliant. And there's not, I just lose trying to say anything more about it really. Yeah, uh I, I mean, it's been... You then get to the the point, which seems to have slightly divided people, isn't it? Mm. Is 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 Matt Smith's appearance. Um I thought that was the the bit that moved me the most. Yeah, actually, um, and it, and it was the bit where you just realised how where you'd gone with this story, and as far as your your view on Hartnell. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, that never happened. No, but I don't care. Really? Oh yeah, no! Really poor. It didn't it happen. No, it... shattered my life. I don't want to watch this. Now. <laughs> I take it back. This is a load of rubbish. I don't... <laughs> but but um, no, I thought that was that was so. Moving, it, it was just the, the the look on David Bradley's face, yeah, as he sort of like looked basically looking into the future and, and yeah. saw and saw his future successor. And it, it, it was almost the, the 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 recognition. This is to say that however bad you feel now about having to give Do, up the role, yeah, you will go on. Yeah, people yeah. still know who you were. Yeah, precisely. If yeah. you wanted immortality, you've got it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I really did, and I must have—I I did really feel really moved at the end. It was—it was just David Bradley's performance. Yeah, was it was utterly outstanding. It really was outstanding. The, the whole thing when he was sort of um, trying to give that speech. Yeah, um, uh, and he just sort of lost his mind, just wandered off as like a confused old man. Whether that happened or not, I don't know. But it, it did sort of um, hit home about yeah. you know, about his illness and everything. Yeah, it really did, um, and and even actually, I'm, you got I got so into it that it wasn't actually until I watched it again I'm realizing the significance of him saying I don't want to go when yeah, he breaks but, down at home. Yeah, now whether that actually happened or not, no, I mean I don't, I, 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 well, certainly not in those words. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm pretty certain that is Gaitus having a having a little private joke. I think so. In terms of well, not necessarily, but in terms of just saying, look, actually. For all the stick that David Tennant got yeah. for doing that scene and how over overblown it was, the actual sentiment of it wasn't isn't bad. No, um, and I, I think that was the, that was the whole thing with the, with the David Bradley saying it wasn't melodramatic, was it? No, not not at all. But I mean, you know, even if he if he didn't say that you know, in real life. It, it was still a, a very, very moving yeah. moment because we, we know Hartnell didn't want to give up the role. He, he would have, no. I think he would have just carried on indefinitely if he, if he could have done. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I I thought it was lovely. I thought it was a fantastic, utterly fantastic um, production. It really was. And, and just actually the costumes when those recreating the scenes... Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first thing you see is the Tenth Planet Cyberman. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, it's used for barely thirty seconds. Yeah, but the the detail that had gone into that, the original Daleks they put together. Yeah, for, and, and, and the, the other scene th- coming across the bridge. Yeah, and the other thing I liked, I say, the other thing I liked as well um, was when they did the description of of the Dalek in conjunction with Lee Harvey Oswald assembling the the rifle. Yeah. Because you thought you saw that lens, it was like a dark, and it was it was the, it was a telescopic sight. Yeah, so I thought that was quite that was quite well done. I like the way they sort of weave that in. I like that. Yeah, no, I mean it just just really was, and 
just everything from recreating the set for Marco Polo and that sort of stuff. It just was. They just the detail to it was. Oh, it was. It was just brilliant. And and the uh, the Monoptera as well from the Black yeah. Planet. I mean, God. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, and the bits like that that was almost like throwaway. Yeah, very much so. But... <laughs> so you know, you just see them wandering around in. <laughs> In well, the background. They, well, they put in the, I suppose you could say, the most recognised things from Hartnell's tenure. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that that hit the spot. It really did. Yeah. It really did hit the spot. I know we, we haven't sort of really touched on the BBC's attitude to women at, at the time and, and anyone who basically wasn't white Yeah. as well. But... Um, I mean, I, to be fair, I, and, and this did. I mean, and this... Yeah. That, and I, well, I mean, did, as, as we said, this was... The, the first half of this was actually, well, it's some, say Verity Lambert and Warren's yeah, the same story. It was, but the scene in the bar did did that. It, it yeah, it it told you what you need to know about the BBC at that time. It was at that old yeah. boys club who didn't tolerate women or anyone who wasn't white, basically. Um, yeah. Okay, I don't know if Warren's the same was open um, about being gay, but they did the whole thing about sort of casting the glance at the bloke at the bar. Yeah. Now, everyone said you're supposed to think that Verity Lambert was also looking at him as well. I didn't get that at all. Because you saw what I was saying was look at this bloke who was just about as waspish looking as Kenneth Williams, to be honest. So, I don't I, know. I think there was. I think, I think what it was just trying to say is that these are two people that are pretty much on the same wavelength. Yeah, you could be right there. <laughs> with, with how they viewed the series going forward but it, it just and the, perhaps it, their choice of men as well it was just the point that the bar was sort of it was all very 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 or matron very much like that but but um the only actually i must admit the only thing that sort of stood out like a sore thumb really i think was reese shearsmith as patrick Troughton. yeah to a certain extent um i think basically because with we, we we said the attention to detail but it was that bloody awful wig they made him wear yeah because it looked like a wig, it didn't look like Troughton's hair. So um, yeah, and I know sort of. It... You, did, you did get the feeling actually. I think when we said when he was cast, didn't we? We said, "Oh, I wonder where Mark Gates has found him." Yeah, because <laughs> he's not as he's not, he's not old looking enough to, no. to be Troughton, really. Um, but he's got, he's got Troughton's height, put it that way. And it, it, it was almost just basically, wasn't it? Just the throwaway bit at the end. Yeah. Now, did you see the um, the extra footage they they did with uh, Gatiss's Pertwee? I didn't know. No, because they did a regeneration from um, Troughton to to Pertwee in the style of um, Hartnell to, to Troughton's regeneration. Right. Yeah, and then there's like a photograph of Gatiss dressed as Pertwee standing in between. I've, I've seen the photograph. You've seen the photograph. Oh. Yeah. So um, maybe, maybe one of that'll end up on the DVD. I hope it does actually. Yeah. I hope it does. So, um, but yeah, I I think that was I think I was looking forward to watching this more than anything. Yeah, um, and it didn't disappoint. No, not it at really all. Didn't. And I know we probably missed out loads of stuff here. Um, we probably haven't done this justice with our little review. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I, I think. But I think say, going through frame by frame, saying how much we love this bit, how much we love that. Yeah, bit. I I think just as I think what we said just sums up our feelings about it, and it we we just. I think we both thoroughly enjoyed it, didn't we? I think, and that's yeah. just—I think that we don't have to say any more than that. Yeah. If, if anything, if if the achievement is getting your love of a program over to the to, to the viewers, mm. then Gator certainly achieved that. He has. He certainly has.
Now, moving on from the utterly brilliant to the utterly crap, the Doctor Who after-show party on BBC Three. Yes. Now, um, I think this is going to go down in legend as one of the best or worst bits of car crash television you are ever, ever likely to see. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was, there didn't seem to be anyone who worked out what the idea of the programme was going to be. No, and, and they, It's just like, let's get all the companions we can possibly get in one studio, well, one room, and... <laughs> and that was it, and then refer yes. to them by their character names rather than their actual yes. names for the entirety of the show. Yes. Uh, which was uh, just a big bloody insult, really. I don't know where they got um, this, what's his name, Rick Edwards from? Yeah. Um... Absolutely no idea. They 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 he tried to interview uh, Tom Baker as well as part of this um, this little after show party. It was like a like a insert thing. Talk about out of your depth. Yeah. In that, and he was out of his depth with this bloody thing as well with the with the live it, broadcast. It was it, it was peculiar. It has to be said that BBC Three is not is the one thing that hasn't come out one channel with its programming that hasn't come out with any no credit. No, we we had. Um, as I feared with BBC Three, we had it started off with. Um, I was sort of going off the topic a little bit here, but it started with with their um, with their villains weekend. Yes, which was, was that cele- celebrating the eighth anniversary of Doctor Who? Yes, it? didn't it just? <laughs> yeah, all it did. I think it was Rick Edwards again. Who, who um, I think it might have been. I'm not entirely sure because I, I just had a feeling there was in, in, BBC. Three percenters are all interchangeable. I'll sod it. I'm just going to blame you for everything, actually. Sod it. Um, <laughs> but basically, you had a sneery little piece to begin with about how these these monsters they selected looked in the old series. Now, utterly more fantastic they looked in the new series. And then just showed episodes from Doctor Who from 2005 onwards. Yeah. Which is what we feared. Then you had the, um, was it the Ultimate Doctor Who Guide, where it was called, which was a bit better. Yeah, that was a bit better. Yeah, but again, it was. I think Rick Edwards was on that as a talking head, being particularly sneery about the old show. I thought well, that it's not really celebrating it, really, is it? No, you just thought you really needed somebody presenting that that really was into it, and he wasn't. No, not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. Um, but I think the the, the two they could, they could have done worse in hindsight, thinking about it, and got Peter Purvis to introduce it. Well, well, he, well, he was one of the companions, wasn't he? Yeah, but, but as a as you've got a presenter, he's used to working live TV. Live TV, indeed. But uh, no, I was going to say that there were two really car crash bits. One was the the live uh, satellite link to One Direction yeah. in LA, which was a spectacular failure, and I was so yeah. pleased about that. It was utter cock up. It really was. If um, anything proves that Doctor Who has got a a sense of its own importance that was it that was it that was it and i think the other the other bit as well was that um quiz with all the companions at the end yeah that was utterly embarrassing and it just sort of got to the point but if you didn't see it um dear listeners um basically what it was they they made all the companions stand up including william russell who's probably, i mean and and can you just and, think, uh, think, would it would it have been too much just to have let them in on the joke beforehand i know no one knew what the hell Ra- they were Ra- doing rather than rather than yeah confusing everybody yeah it's actually there let them in on the joke beforehand and it would have been better television it would have been it, but it was shocking and they were asking questions like if you never run down a corridor sit down yeah and they were just looking around at one another thinking what is this 
crap yeah. we, we we've signed up to here. And it just got to a point. Mark Gate is just called out from the from the wings. Why don't you let them all sit down? Yeah, which I thought was quite telling on, on how he thought that was going. So, yes. <laughs> um, but then, you, of course, going back to the One Direction, then you add, and again, thanks to um, Paul from the Faros Project, he um, noticed that um, Matt Smith flicked uh, the V, the V sign at One Direction <laughs> as well. So I thought, fair play to you, fair play to you, Matt. Um, yeah, it was just awful. But I thought the one surprise, the only one good surprise out of that, I think, was actually seeing Jackie Lane. Yes, I mean so- somebody had obviously had a good idea. Yeah, I'd got the groundwork for it and said, "No, this could be really good. We've got all the companions. Most of them are down for the fiftieth convention. Yeah, let's get them all into one studio to watch the episode as it goes out, and then chat about it afterwards and memories and whatever." Yeah. And they just then got two people who didn't know who they were. <laughs> it, was, it was just crap. It was awful. To introduce it. And yeah. it was just... So they had no idea of what questions to ask them. It was it was just awful. It was awful. Anyway, let's move on from, from that of our rubbish to... Yeah, let, let, let's, yeah. Let's, let's put that to finish bed. Finish on a high note. Let's finish on a high note. Um, the Five-ish Doctors reboot. Is there going to be an anniversary special next year, Dad? Oh, I'm sure there will be. Yeah, but will you be in it? I think I will be available to film the 50th anniversary. This is Colin Baker speaking. Could you put me through to... Well, I seem to be stuck in the time vortex. Goodbye, my dears. Whatever it is you're planning, I'm in. Doctors deleted. This is such a great honour. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. You were always my favourite. You know they film it in Cardiff, don't you? Message deleted. You have no more messages. What about the Five Doctors reboot thing? Yeah, I could get a look in. No, nor could I. I'm usually in everything. Yes. Uh, I thought that was utterly fantastic. Well, as it came to it, when I'd finished watching, so you had Day of the Doctor, then you had the after party, mm. and then you had this, all basically followed one after the other. Yeah. And after watching all three, the thing I then put on and watched straight away again was what, the, the Five-ish Doctors, yeah. Yeah. Now, I must admit, I've only, I've only watched it the once, unfortunately, so my, my memory's a little bit hazy, but I watched it with my wife... And even Joe enjoyed it as well. Yeah. So I think really, if if you can get like a non-fan laughing at it, job well done. I mean, yeah. it, it was written um, and directed by Peter Davison, and the amount of favours he must have called in. I don't know. I, 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 I just as... I just think everybody and oh, what what Pete, Pete, one, so. sorry Pete, and... Peter Jackson, Liam McKellen. Sorry, he must have called in some yeah. favours for that one. You don't know. You don't know how much of a fans. I, well, I know um, Peter Jackson's a massive Doctor Who fan, isn't he? Yeah. There was that talk about him wanting to d- direct an episode. Um, so the opportunity to do something there may well have been a case of, "Well, do you want to be in it?" And yes, and everybody. The main thing was everybody who then appeared in it. Yeah. Was quite happy sending themselves up. Oh, completely. 
and I think none more so, uh, I think, than um, the three Doctors themselves. Uh, basically, with this one, it was um, Peter Davison, uh, Sylvester McCoy, and Colin Baker, who sent themselves up rotten yes. all the way through it. Uh, but then the the biggest got the biggest laugh out of me was John Barrowman. Yeah, that I mean that was a fantastic gag. And it, it was, was. Also, it was Sylvester McCoy's reaction because you couldn't see what he could see. <laughs> it was just the blimey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're all backing off. It was just... <laughs> oh dear! It was, and also Stephen Moffat as well with his uh, his companion flashbacks when he's having a dream yes. with with Adric. Finish it like with <laughs> woke it's just, just the, even the fact of him ringing back out to the secretary saying we want to be alone because he had the two two um the two figures. figurines. Yeah. To play uh, with. Oh dear, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, and, and even but even you say about the John Barrowman, just just from the point of view, you felt that and you thought, oh, that's why they've got John Barrowman in for that gag, and that was brilliant. Yeah, and then they followed it up with the, the journey to Cardiff, the show tunes all the, all the way through the journey. But just like the fact that everybody's bought bought their way into Doctor Who exhibition using John Barrowman's CDs <laughs> and DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> oh crikey! I, I loved it, but what I also liked as well the way it did dovetail um, into Dad the Doctor, yeah, as well with what they've got they got put under the sheets as, yes. as the Zygons hiding. I, I, that was um, a stroke of genius. That really was. And but but for everybody to send themselves out, and especially RTD at the end as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just the cut. I mean, because actually, that was the one thing you'd say about the whole fiftieth celebration. He was. Whether it was his own choice or whatever, but he has been quite absent from it. That's a very good point, actually. He has, hasn't he? For somebody who, to a certain extent, I mean, I know the sending up on the bit of it was, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here and all of this. Yeah. But there's a lot of truth in that. There is. One hell of a lot of truth. And he's not. And to be um, to be fair, I, mean, I, I suspect it is his own choice, but he hasn't tried to um, barge his way into these. No. He's let Moffat completely take all the the, well, the glory, yeah. really. Yes, yeah, for this, and he sat back and you, you haven't even seen one interview with him. No, I think this is the first thing I'm I'm conscious of anyway. Yeah, that, that he's been involved in. That that what well, that is that is the only thing that he actually, as far as I'm aware, that was actually he's actually seen has been seen or heard of during the whole of the fiftieth run. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And I just even love the fact that the message he left was 23 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> and Peter Stavison didn't listen to it, he just deleted it. I thought. Yeah. It was just like, yes, it's him going on. Which is it's exactly what Moffat was doing with all the others' uh, yeah. messages that were being left. Um, but the other thing I liked as well was Colin Baker locking his family in in, in his house <laughs> to, to sit down and watch um, Vengeance on Varys spe- special edition with extra me. <laughs> <laughs> and just the whole thing with the and, and 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 the sending up of the fact that Tom Baker didn't want to be part of this either. So they just did exactly the same thing as from the fifth doctor. The yeah. five doctors <laughs> took exactly the same reasons why he couldn't be in it. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the the um, the way they um, sort of got Tom Baker out of it as well, but just by reusing the footage from Sharda yeah. that they used. And, yeah. and then I think it was John Coleshaw doing the voice. Yeah. I'm quite sure, but um, especially with that goodbye, my dears. Was straight, that would take the piss out of Dimensions in Time as well. So. 
Oh, uh, crikey, and, there's so say, much to love there. Say, say, one of my favourite bits is when they go to the um, the, exhibi- the Cardiff exhibition. <laughs> Peter Davison leads them into the TARDIS and they're all like cramped in there with a little torch. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Davison goes, this isn't the real TARDIS. <laughs> As if he expected it to be all open. And... <laughs> oh dear! It was um, it was a stroke of genius, and I thought it was a, it was a, a damn good way to end off the the evening. Yeah, even as celebrations, it really was. Um... <laughs> and I think we reminded that the other bit I think we talked about early uh, uh, before after watching it the next day was the, was the fact when he's given his, his two children the, the big talk about how he was unfortunately not going to be in the 50th anniversary yeah. and he gazes away for a minute and looks back and they're just carried on playing their game yeah <laughs> just ignoring him <laughs> they were all bored with it as well oh yeah. dear it was it was, a, it was a stroke of genius the whole thing it really was um, now finally um so last sort of thing to, to to wrap up this episode really is is the the DW celebration at the Excel Centre. Yes. Uh which we went attended on the Sunday, which was the, the last day. Yeah. Um did you think it was an improvement on the on the Cardiff one last year? Yes. Certainly. I think well, A because they had more people. I mean, the Cardiff one you sort of had you had three main um interview bits, didn't you? Yeah. And then you had the one little stage outside that was rotating between makeup, restoration, and whatever. Yeah, there. This, I mean, we we we'd really only scratched the surface, didn't we? We did because there was so much going on, we couldn't actually make a lot of the panels. No. We we was making decisions, weren't we? we were saying, oh well, perhaps we have to miss that one to go and see this and. And we we did, didn't we? Basically, yeah. um, I think we both agreed at the end of the day that the one we could have done without seeing was the SFX show. Yeah, and unfortunately, we got sort of herded into that, didn't we? Is yeah. the first thing when you arrive, you're sort of then almost straight into the queue. Yeah, there was no. You way picked you, up you could... your pass and went into the queue for yeah, it. Yeah, there was no rush. You could really go from there, was there? To be no. to be fair, and I suspect had we had we had a chance to wander around first and see what else was being was going around, we'd have said, actually, I think we're going to miss that. Yeah. And I'm going to go and see this. Yeah, I definitely would have done. Definitely would have done. Um, but there was some, I mean, sort of outside of all the, the panels and everything, they, were, they had all the Doctor's costumes there. Yeah. They had Bessie there as well. Um, fantastic. Um, lots of different, like, like, Time Lord costumes and costumes from, from out. But really from the new series, there wasn't a lot from... Well, they, had, they did have a, a, a tractator there, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and he had a Yeti. A Yeti and things like that. A very moth-eaten Yeti. Yes, it had seen better days, hadn't it? So, yes. <laughs> but um, it, it, there was uh, so much there, and there had a lot more, um, I suppose you could call them trade stands, which you mentioned at the beginning in the um, Omega's Tech Corner. Um, there was a lot more things to buy than there was at the Cardiff one, because all you had was a Forbidden Planet store, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was it. So uh, this, this was much better represented. And for the amount and of so, people there, you didn't feel as if you was being crushed or no. You so much, you just stro- you could stroll around. And once I think everybody got into it, I mean the first, I think the first hour, you sort of had the big queues, and then when we went to, when we went to the first panel that we booked to see, 
there was big queues for that in the first screening. Yeah. But I think after that, everyone sort of worked out, oh, actually, I don't need to do this for these bits because there's going to be plenty of seats. Mm. And then it just became a lot more relaxed. than It did, yeah. You could just stroll up and yeah. sit down and whatever. And you felt a bit more like you was actually just wandering around and doing what you wanted to do rather than being told, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot more relaxed than the Cardiff one, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot more relaxed. Um, In some ways, it, it would have been better if they could have just put the three panels that you had to actually sort of queue up for in the, in the big... If they could have just done those one after the other, mm. so you just had to queue up the ones, you sat there perhaps had 10 minutes in between each, and then you got those out of the way. So if you was in the, whatever, the Weeping Angels, it was called, you saw those in the morning, and if you was in the other one, you saw them in the afternoon. But then you also had the other time to yourself to wander around, whichever half day you didn't see those panels. Yeah. You had to wander around and do what you wanted to do. Why, why, why weren't you organising this, Paul? And the other thing, actually, we said, actually, while we're complaining <laughs> about it, was the fact that between the two panels... While we was waiting for um, the second panel, to, the one point where they did have the two panels going together, hmm. we had something like a 15, 20-minute wait between. That's right. yeah. And they just didn't seem to have any idea of... They had a big screen, yeah. and they was playing the same bit of music over and over and over again. And you think, you know this we was going to be here, this, this break was going to happen now, and that most people was going to stay. Yeah. Why didn't you think to show something... They could have had, I think it was about 20 minutes. You think they could have found an old episode, a classic episode, and stuck it on. It was really, that was pretty. And it would have given everybody out, something to have watched. Yeah. But the people were getting a little bit sort of fidgety, weren't they? Yeah. Really? And I can understand, all right, they felt perhaps people would want to have a comfort break, for want yeah. of a better word, between the two panels, and fair enough. But to just then say, with well, the ones that don't. I'm sorry, you're just going to have to sit there and basically entertain yourselves. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that, that was a, a missed opportunity, definitely missed yeah. opportunity. And it um, wouldn't have taken a lot to have done. No. I mean, so we, we saw a couple of what they call the, the classic series panels in, yeah. in, in, the, in the classic lounge. Um, so the first one we saw was Maureen O'Brien, Wendy Pabry and Peter Purvis. Yes. Uh, which was moderated by Toby Haydoke. Yes, uh, which you probably, you probably couldn't find anyone better to do it, really. Uh, but I, I thought it was, it was good. Peter Purvis dropped the f bomb, didn't he? Yes, in front of all, the, in front of in front of the kids. He did. He did warn everybody he was going to yes, do that. Yes, he was going to do it, and he was yeah. making a a fair point. He was. He was, it. and it was a good anecdote. I'll, go, yes. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Yeah, um, I mean, it was, and it it was actually. I mean, to be honest, the what was the most interesting was watching their reactions to watching themselves. Hmm. Because Maureen O'Brien found it hilarious. Yeah, uh, she, with, she with the really from, went uh, from the chase, wasn't it? To hysterics, didn't she? Watching yeah. it, yeah, it was the first time she'd watched it or something. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, she found it hilarious. Um, but the panel we saw in the afternoon, uh, which had Julian Glover, Michael Kilgariff, and of, of particular interest to us because he he is the voice of Omega's Tack Corner, Stephen yes. Thorne. Uh, there was hardly anybody there to see I'm- that. I mean, we wandered around there, didn't we? And we thought, oh, no. We really really think we're going to be the only ones sitting in there, didn't we? We really, yeah. And we was like, oh, God, I I actually almost don't want to be here now. Yeah, I know. Um, At least a few more people did 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 pitch up, didn't they? 
Yeah. It, it just seemed to... I mean, I think Toby Haydock knew that there wasn't going to be a lot of audience participation in that one, so I think he did sort of kept them talking longer than than he should have done. And he took one question from the audience, then he just said, oh, oh we've run out of time. Yeah. Oh, which, I mean, which Julian I, I, Glover was quite disappointed with, wasn't yeah. he? Because he's like, oh... Like that. Cause I, I think mean, no, no, it went on. I mean, I think, I think basically Toby Haydock realised that actually the best person to be interviewing these and to be asking these questions was him. Because mm. he knew the right questions to be asking them. Yeah. And and also also knew when if they got onto a subject themselves to let them go with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but I think I mean I would have sat and listened to that last panel for all, all afternoon, yeah. basically listening to old actor stories, which would have yes. been fantastic, to be honest. Um, though I do wish I'd, I'd sort of taken the opportunity to try and have, uh, at least have me photograph taken with Stephen Thorne, or, or at least got him to say something for the podcast. So. We really wanted to go and ask him, could he just say, will you stop pestering me? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> he did, yeah. But he did seem to be in quite a hurry to get out there, actually. I, I suppose Probably because he saw us lurking. <laughs> <laughs> he warned about us before. but uh... Yeah, but the, the panel with um, Matt Smith, Jenna Coleman and Stephen Moffat, and I've forgotten the director's name. Now that's terrible of me. Nick Curran. Nick Curran. That's it. That was quite, and that was moderated by Matthew Sweet. Yeah. Um. I thought did a good job. I think he did a better job than Nick Briggs did with the regeneration. Was it regenerations? Yeah. With, with Peter Davison, McCoy, and Colin Baker. Yeah. I think he seemed quite stilted doing that one, to be honest. But um. But I thought Matthew it Sweet was, I suspect... did a good job. To a certain extent, we was coming into it on the last day. Yeah, and, yeah. They, 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 that was the sixth time probably he'd had to moderate that panel. Mm. Um, the one advantage we had with the obviously the Matt Smith Coleman Moffat one mm. was the fact that this, uh, Sunday was the first day they could actually talk about day of the dogs about. Well, the other, well, the without, other, without saying oh, we can't say anything. Well, I was going to say the other thing. Davison had the, uh, the good fortune. That was the first time he could talk about the Fiveish Doctors reboot. Yeah. So um, it, it did sort of. I think he sort of livened up a little bit when he started to talk about that. But if we sort of go back to um, Moffat, Matt Smith, and Jenna Coleman, I think it's what Matt Smith was because um, this they said this would be the last time they will um, do a sort of be on stage together. Doing yeah. like, like a like a, a convention thing, and as as this show goes out, um, it would have been the last BFI showing in their in their Doctor Who fifty series. Um, and it's true, and we that, wondered at the time whether yeah whether, whether that was whether, actually whether Matt Smith would turn up for that. But the um, he's not, is he? No, he's not there. So um, that really was the it really was the last time while you know, he was current. Why is the current current Doctor? doctor yeah. So I suppose we did see a little bit of um, history there. I think Matt Swift did look generally moved by what Moffat was saying about him. I think they both were, that, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. There's, there was certainly waxing iracle about each other's... and there were, there, It's been said before about Matt Swift, how, how he he brings a lot of energy to the set and everybody ups their game when, it, when he comes on. and yeah. it, it just fills everybody with enthusiasm. But I think Moffat was more to the point he's he's, he's sad not to be working with his friend. Yeah. If, if, you know, when he turns up on set, um, and they both did sort of like, seem genuinely. I don't know, it's upset. I suppose you could say. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair fair phrase. Yeah, yeah I think you say upset. Um, so it, it was quite a nice sort of panel to sit in. 
Yeah. Really. I mean, Jenna Cohn didn't have a lot to say, really, did she? No. But... No, I mean, yeah, and she's slightly difficult because I think, yeah, she was. Any questions she was asked then were then sort of, oh, what's it going to be like? And she can't really say anything. No, exactly, exactly. So, um, but I think I think on the, it, it was a good it was a good convention. I, I did I did I did I enjoyed it a lot more than I did the Cardiff one. Yeah, certainly did. I mean, I suspect <clears throat> we're not going to see another one for a while. No, I suspect the Cardiff one was was the warm up to work out it was what a, they. What a, they needed to do and what was wrong and what was good. Yeah, it was definitely a trial run. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and we saw a lot of what they got right in Cardiff put into operation here. Mm. And, and also what they, they built got on, wrong, w- w- yeah. which was the price. Yeah. 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 And they built on what was also the auxiliary stuff. Mm. And the yeah, just generally, you could have actually spent the whole day and not gone to the three major panels. Quite and you still, and you just still felt this was a really good. You still wouldn't have seen everything. No, exactly, because there, there were like classic showings, uh, or sorry, classic shows, showings of classic serials with uh, live audio commentaries. Yeah. So I mean, we we didn't know that at the time, though, did we? No. When you could you could pre-book for some of these um, some of these panels and showings and whatever, but uh, we decided to go for the panels instead. And but we yeah. missed we missed the. Um... The radiophonic talk, didn't we, as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm gutted I missed out on that one, which, actually. Again, yeah. It the, clashed with we other just, stuff. We just actually didn't even realise it was happening, did we? No, I think that's probably one of my, my criticisms of it. They didn't advertise what was going on yeah. enough, really, did they? There wasn't anything really to sort of like say, OK, this, this is what's on today. You, you so sort you could... of wonder whether those, with the, with the stuff that was happening in the, the hall bit... Whether they actually, it was almost a case of, well, who's going to be turning up? And mm. when they turn up, we'll work out an order. Yeah. Rather than, we've booked these people. You know? Yeah, you could be you right. Got, you got the feeling that it was, right. was a bit last minute in terms of what they was, the how B- that, that, the, the orders was done and the whatever. The BBC scheduling something last minute, I don't believe you. No, but I suspect, <laughs> I suspect that in all these things, you're, you're caught to, to people that are, suddenly get a better offer. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Especially they've been sitting for the last two days talking about it as well. So yeah, imagine getting a little bit, um, a little bit narked with it. Um, I think really to sort of like wrap this this very very long episode up. I'm sorry, listeners, it's, it's a very long one this week. Um, do you think that all taking everything into consideration, the whole, the the stuff we just discussed over the last hour or so, and, and Day of the Doctor, um, and all the BFI staff. And all the Destiny of the Doctor specials and, and the Big Finish special. Do you think that, to sort of sum up, that the fiftieth anniversary has been done justice? I think the thing I'd say is I'm looking back on it all now, and there's really nothing I would have changed. No, because I know a lot of people were complaining that you know this you know Doctor Who didn't take over television as Stephen Moffat promised. I mean, to, to be honest, the, the one complaint, if I'm really going to be picky on this, yeah. you could make, is the fact that in the end, by the end, by the time we got to approach the celebration weekend, there was actually too much happening. I completely agree with that. And had it been stretched out perhaps over a couple of weeks, started a couple of weeks earlier, mm. would have been... Better personally for me because I mean, there's a point on the Thursday when Adventure in Space and Time went out on BBC Two, mm. 
Radio 2 was doing Doctor Who stuff at exactly the same time. That just seems so counterproductive, doesn't it? And you're it? thinking to yourself, you know, how do you get to a point where you're actually competing against yourself? And I know there's iPlayer and mm. Radio Player and whatever, so, yeah, you can listen to it at other times, but you just think, surely you, you don't put stuff out that's the same program, that's on, on the same program at the same time. Yeah. And but, it just, you just got the did. feeling they just really ended up rushing to get all this stuff in suddenly at the end. I think they're sort of trying to build up to the whole celebration weekend. So you had that that yeah. really sort of crammed into one week, really, wasn't it? All this yeah. this content, and as you say, it was too much to to listen and watch all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there, there's bits of radio stuff that I did miss. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't hear any of it, so no. um, I was sort of uh, I missed that completely. But um, I, I personally, I know a lot of people have complained. You know about the the fiftieth anniversary celebrations, but I I've enjoyed this year. Yeah, I really have. Okay, it's it's easy if you live in London because we've been able to go to the BFI events or some of them anyway. Um, and we've we yeah, that's our complaint. That's that? how, we, we didn't get to all of them. Get to all of them. Um, but we you know there has been other things going on in, in across the country. You just got to be in the area to to get to or travel a little bit yes. to get to it. You've had the Destiny of the Doctor. Stuff which has has been a bit hit and miss, and and we'll come on to the last one um, next week. Perhaps wrap that up, yeah, next week. Next next week. Um, so this isn't the finish of our fiftieth. Not stuff. quite, not quite. Um, but then, you know, you've you've also had the big finish, light at the end. Yeah, which I thought. I, I think I think was, everything was that's been produced and that's come out has got the tone exactly right. Yeah. It's stuff that's going to come. You you sort of and we'll listen back to it in years to come, and it will still have that happy feeling to it. Yeah, it will do. It will do. I, I Everything think, has felt like a celebration. Well, I, I will look back fondly on this year, to be yeah. honest, because I'm, I'm not going to see it again in my lifetime, and I just want to enjoy as much of it as I possibly could. And I must admit, I I'm not disappointed by it. No, there are going to be people out there who are going to be disappointed. That's their opinion. My opinion is I've I've enjoyed. I'm doing, really. I mean, not... I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed doing what we've done yeah. on the podcast for the fiftieth this year. I just think it's been a blast. Yeah, really do. Yeah, there there is absolutely nothing that I would change, and there's probably nothing that I'm sitting here saying I really wish they'd done this. I'm no. yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, very happy indeed. Very happy indeed. As I, th- I think probably anybody who's had to suffer these last about three podcasts we've done, generally <laughs> talking about the light at the end, day of the Doctor, and then this one, yeah. has got to accept that we've we've just been totally drooling over everything, haven't we? So, we have, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, a, a, a very sort of quick mention um, about last week's episode. Um, thank you to everybody who has listened to that episode. You've made that our most downloaded episode so far. I hate using that expression so far, but it really has been. It's been our most popular episode, so thank you so much for um, for listening to that. And uh, tell your friends. And <laughs> <laughs> we're back to our one listener for this one. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> they've learned their lesson and they won't do it again. <laughs> they won't. They certainly won't. So um, next week, then, we're going to sort of really sort of finish off our sort of 50th anniversary celebrations with the review of we just the, can't let go can we, we can't let go though there's still one more destiny of the doctor story to go yes which is the length doctor story so we'll be covering that one on the podcast next week yes 
Okay, and then a week after that, it will be well, it'll be Christmas. Nearly. Nearly Christmas. So it'll be uh, not long till Capaldi takes over the reins. Oh, yes. Not long to go. Okay, then. So I think that just about wraps it up for, for this week. So um, shall we say our goodbyes, then? Yes. Yes, let's. So for another week, then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Who's he?